Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Good morning, howdy, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a gentleman by the name of Victor. Victor, how do you pronounce your last name? Dadaj. Dadaj. Victor is uh, very focused on making health part of our part of our lifestyle, and he would not be very happy with me eating some wing stop here. Um, I just had a couple wings. Uh, I just finished a, a little bit of a run, and so you might as might hear me coughing a little bit today. Um, unfortunately, we are out of the running game, and so. I just needed to do a quick workout before I, uh, you know, before we got started. I figured so a good release of some endorphins inside the brain, get a little bit of movement in. Uh, we've had th- two podcasts. We have one more for the rest of the day, and so I figured that it would be, you know, a good a good thing to do. Um, but here we are with a little bit of a cough. So I appreciate y'all being patient um, with me there, Victor. Thank you for coming on, sir. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Of course. Well, Victor, if you don't mind, talk to me a little bit about, you know, where you started in your fitness journey. Why are you passionate about people being healthy, man? Well, it probably started about probably about 16, 17 years ago. Um, I always had some issues. Number one, I had problems with pain in my teeth. Now, they say the health of your teeth determines the health of your body. And I didn't realize at the time until I read a couple of books about the fact that uh, many people are not healthy because they eat a lot of, you know, junk food. They're not, they don't have enough vitamins and minerals. And, and from that, I started my journey into getting better health. So I started exercising more, starting eating better foods and started supplementing with vitamins and minerals. And one thing I noticed was not only was I feeling better, but the pain in my teeth disappeared. Like I stopped, you know, I had you know, cavities pulled, I had root canals done. I've not had any problems or pain in my teeth for the past 15 years. So I can definitely tell you when you get your health going, your teeth will do a lot better. So I have a lot less pain. I have a lot more energy. I sleep better. And so I could definitely tell you from that point on, I've just been following health closely. And I just realized that the big reason people uh, are not getting healthy is a lot is because they don't know what to do to become healthy. You know, certain things, yeah, you eat less junk food, you exercise more, but there's a lot more too. Most people are vitamin and mineral deficient, which we can probably talk about a little bit more. And that can cause, that can cause a whole range of health issues. And I'm really passionate about helping people get healthier. That's cool, man. Well, I mean, the teeth, really. Yeah. I, I never thought like it, my symptoms would present in my in the sensation of my teeth. So like, you know, people say they have sensitive teeth or sensitive gums. Is that something that is usually due to a mineral deficiency that you found? I, I would suggest they're probably deficient in something. Yes. If you, if you, you, you obviously you got to do, you got to floss and take care of your teeth. But at the same time, if you're doing those things and you're vitamin mineral deficient, it can definitely cause issues with the gum and with the teeth. So if you, if you, if you take care of your vitamins and most you supplement, you're le- much less likely to uh, have those issues. Yeah, I could definitely tell you that. I'm, I'm pretty certain of it. No question about it. How did you figure out, like, what minerals were you deficient in? Was it like a trial period of taking, like, some things, or were you just taking a multivitamin, kind of just, like, slamming your body with as much things as you could? Well, you know, again, it did a lot of research. Uh, and, again, all these vitamins and minerals, they all have different functions. So, uh, and here's the thing. A hundred years ago, you could get everything you, you, you needed from your diet. 
but for a whole host of reasons, it's impossible. And no matter how good and how healthy your diet is, it could be lots of fruits and vegetables and lots of other healthy foods and it could be all organic. You're not going to get everything you need. It's just it's the, the soils are minerally deficient. You're not going to get everything from your foods. So um, you, you just can't do it. So I did a lot of research and I, you know, I, I studied a lot of programs, read a lot of books, got certified as a list of health coach. So I learned a whole bunch of things. So number one, for example, mineral, magnesium, very important mineral, maybe possibly the most important mineral. It has a cofactor in like over 300 different functions here. Most people are deficient in it for a whole bunch of reasons. Many people don't know that many water systems used to have magnesium in it, and a lot of them have stripped magnesium out of it. As a result, many people are magnesium deficient. You get some in your green vegetables and a few other things, but it's not enough. And it helps you with your blood pressure. It helps you, it helps with heart health. It helps you sleep better. It helps you relax. You can get in, you can also, you find it in Epsom salt, which is why if you bathe in Epsom salt, you tend to sleep better. So people who don't take magnesium tend to not sleep better. It also helps with depression. It helps with pain management. So it helps with a whole bunch of different issues. And if so if, if that's just one example. If you just take care of it, You'll, your health will get better. Selenium is also important for your heart health. It, it's an anti-cancer fighter, for example. So, and, and it, it helps. It helps with a whole bunch of other issues. Calcium also helps with a bunch of. A lot of people don't realize. They think that if they get a kidney stone, it's because they have too much calcium. It's actually too little calcium. What happens is, when you're calcium deficient. Um, it, 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 your, it, the kidneys start leaching the calcium from your bones. So that's what's actually happening. You don't have enough calcium, so you're trying to get it from wherever it is. So that's what the issue starts on. So uh, another important mineral, um, certain vitamins like vitamin D, great for your immune system. It's great for depression. You get it from the sun. So a lot of people, uh, if you live in areas where you don't, get, you don't get a lot of sun, yeah, you probably will get sicker more, which is why, for example, I live here in the Northeast in New York City. During the winter, people get sick more. Why? It's not because of the germs. It's because you're not in the sun as much and you're not getting the vitamin D. And when you do go outside, guess what? You're covered all over. So the sun can't hit your skin. But during the summer, guess what? There's a lot fewer people getting sicker because they're getting their vitamin D. That very few foods have it. So during the winter, you need to supplement. So uh, vitamin C helps with a whole bunch of different things as well. It's very important for your heart health. It's probably the most important one. It's great for your stress. Um, a, a very important, uh, um, you know, you know, vitamin, vitamin, uh, uh, niacin, which is one of the B vitamins, actually helps with uh, helps with your cholesterol levels. A lot of people taking all kinds of medicines for cholesterol. Vitamin and niacin can definitely help you with that. So those are just some of the examples. We can give you a whole lot more. But if you learn how much these things can help you, it will help so much. Vitamin E also very important for your heart. Helps thin the blood. It's a natural blood thinner. But instead, in hospitals, they give you a lot of these different blood thinners. Some of them are made from rat poison. They discovered years ago, if you get tiny amounts of rat poison, it could help thin the blood. Now, granted, it's not enough to kill you, but why would you want rat poison in your blood? Why not have something natural like vitamin E? And the hospitals know that. They will tell you very often before an operation or right after the operation, they'll say, don't take vitamin D because it can cause bleeding. They know it thins the blood. So your, the question is, why don't they give you something natural like vitamin E to thin your blood instead of giving you some of this other stuff, which many of these medications have harmful side effects. I, 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 can, I can assume why there's not enough money in it, obviously. Come on, Bingo. Victor. Yeah. Duh. Come on. We know that by this point. Big Pharma has that has that guy locked down. But I think you bring up some, like, obviously a lot of good points. And I think 
uh, obviously teaching me, you know, several things about different vitamins. And I, you know, greatly appreciate that. But I think you also like you started off with, we don't get those minerals anymore in our, in our diet because of our insufficient soil, right? Our, Mm -hmm. our soil that's been used over and over and hasn't been refed and it's not living and, and, so I had a, a couple episodes ago, uh, I think her, uh, Lillian came on. And so if you guys are listening, want to go back, check out her, check out her podcast. Uh, we talked to, she used to be in a, in a commercial kind of industry where, uh, in agriculture, where she got certified to be organic and they were like, it doesn't matter if you have uh, healthy soil. It doesn't matter if you have a, a rusty um, tractor running uh, across the fields, leaking oil and going all over the, your, your, your products. It doesn't matter. Like you can use anything you really pretty much want. There's certain limitations, but you don't really have to tend to the, to the, to the soil and to the food and give it the love that it really needs. Uh, so long as you're, you know, producing a lot, a large amount of stuff for whatever market you're, you know, you're selling to. And it was a little bit disappointing because we pay so much more. I think people, they see organic and they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm getting a better quality item here. And maybe, but there's also these like natural pest repellents that they already have that they don't really need to be added towards. And we're getting in all these chemicals and, but they're also not taking care of the food itself. So then how much am I really getting and how like it's been transported from this place over here. And so I'm like, it, the heat is degraded the, the, the quality of the nutrition that I'm actually receiving. So like, how do I get all this stuff in my diet? Cause you know, we hear about, you know, the, the one a day pills and you know, those, those are everywhere. It's a bit multi, I think it's a trillion dollar industry at this point, the, the, the supplement industry. So like, how can we, you know, get our food in a way or get our minerals and keep healthy in a way that's still reasonable and accessible. Yeah. And, and a big part of it is also what's been done to a lot of the foods. They become processed and, and what they, and what happens with a lot of processed foods is number one, um, before they process in the old days, in a lot of these foods, there used to be a lot more potassium and a lot less salt. But when they process it, they reversed it. So now a lot of these processed foods have a lot more salt and a lot less potassium. Potassium is also another very important mineral, which will also help with your blood pressure. Magnesium potassium is extremely important for keeping your blood pressure in check, very important for your heart. And not only that, a lot of these processed foods stripped out a lot of the magnesium, which is another reason why people are magnesium deficient. And they add a lot of sugar as well. Sugar is one of the most harmful harm, uh, substances for your health. It's a big cause of diabetes. It's a big cause of the weight gain in this country. And unfortunately, for much of the last 50 years, doctors have been prescribing a high-carb, low-fat diet, which is extremely dangerous. You need to do the opposite. You need to get more fat, less carbs, more protein. The lower the carbs, the better. And unfortunately, people have it so they're getting a lot more heart disease, they're getting more cancer, they're getting more diabetes, and there's a huge obesity epidemic all because of this high-carb, low-fat diet. And you actually need fats. The fat is not what makes you fat. It's the carbs, the sugar. And all you need to do is look at what farmers do. When they want to fatten up the animals, they give them carbs. They give them grains and corn. They don't give them fat. High fructose, high fructose corn syrup is everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. we want most of our our hormones are regulated by healthy fats or fat by fats, right? But mm-hmm. if I have good healthy fats for my body to use, then I'm gonna be an overall a healthier individual. We definitely have way too much sugar in this in this society, and I think it's unfortunate. But I think that 
it's a conversation that's been happening so often that I think that we're moving towards the direction where people are really recognizing that. But at the same time, we're also gearing towards like, you know, I'm drinking a zero calorie drink right now and it's still sweet. So I'm, I'm using, um, a sugar alcohol, right? Which I don't know is any better, right? Um, like these, these aspartames and all these other things, are they really that much healthy? I think I just saw a recent study that came out that said it was a, a big leader towards cancers. And so it's like, man, you know, it's kind of hard what, like, you know, they always say, stay on the outsides, stay on the outside of the aisle. Don't, there's no, there like, if you're at the grocery store, always, just, it's, it's easier just that way. But again, like, and then, and on top of that, maybe ma- making sure that we're shopping local, um, so that you know you're getting whatever's in season and maybe in a in a in a healthier spot. So my question still still exists, like where like what do you recommend that I like where do I go to get to get some some good healthy minerals or uh, vitamins? Oh, well, that's something I do, but I'm not gonna like give a website here because we do that. Because here's the thing: it's, there's a lot of junk multivitamins out there. Because here's the thing: it's not what you take; it's what you absorb. And unfortunately, unfortunately, if like you get it from these local national chain drugstores, their multivitamins, I could tell you the vast majority of them are pretty crap. You're gonna get 10% absorption rate. Uh, you want something like that's 80% and above. So that's whether it's a, a mineral powder or multivitamin. Um, I definitely would just stay away from most of those things. So there are definitely good ones there. There are, there are probably some good ones on Amazon. I would just say um, uh, take a look at the ratings. And if it's five ratings, I would just say stay away from them. But if like 400 people are rating and it has like a rating of over four, it's probably pretty good. So if you're looking for a decent blend, I mean, we, I, you know, I have my own, but I'm not going to uh, talk about it. But you could definitely look at this stuff out there. There are probably health stores in your neighborhood in the various different cities. So you can go check it out there. And see if they have a good reputation. So, you know, maybe you have friends who go that have gotten good results from it. So you could definitely do some research there. It, it, there's definitely stuff out there that's available. So you just you you just have to look at it and and do the research. I would say in general, um, it's better most of the time to take powdered or liquid form. It tends to absorb better than a pill form, especially with multivitamins. Unfortunately, a lot of people and because we're used to taking pills, because you know we we take medicine. What do we get it for? Get it, get it. We get it in pill form. So you know, so you can get multivitamin in, you know, in pill form too. But it's gonna the absorption will not be as good as in a uh, powdered form or in a liquid form. So I was so I would just say if you, whatever you get, try to get in that kind of form because it's gonna absorb better. And you're gonna get again. It's not what you take; it's what what you absorb. And just like with processed foods, it's not what, what's in the food; it's what's been done to the food. That's the problem with processed foods; it causes so much damage. So you gotta make sure you're getting something that's highly absorbable. I think you bring up that. I mean, that's a, a a beautiful point, and I love that saying. It's not what you take; it's what you absorb. Because you know, you can take. Uh, I think you can take magnesium on its own, but if you take it with calcium, then you know you you increase your absorption rate by quite a bit. Especially if you add it with zinc, then you have this like beautiful trifecta that really does allow for a better uptake. Um, I take you know right now I'm taking the the one a day the big national brand you know the one a day men's, um, but I've also taken some Garden of Life. Uh, mm-hmm. I like I like their stuff. It's, it seems to be pretty mm-hmm. high quality. So what are some things like if I'm on if I'm on Amazon, what do I like, I think you should plug and promote like what, what your, what your brand is. Cause if you do really have a, a quality product out there, people are going to like, hopefully find it. And I want people like, I want my listeners to have good products, you know, like yeah. I want people, the audience to, to be able to find something that's good and not have to do the research. I think that's part of the reason that, um, that we do this. It's like, we, we've done the research. We, we've, we've done the work, like let's make it easier for our population to, to get educated so that they're not having to spend a 
even more time on top of whatever they're doing on their day job or on their side gigs or all that other stuff. Um, so maybe your brand, maybe a couple other brands that you might know. Yeah. Yeah. Garden life is actually pretty good. I agree with you on that. Um, healthy oranges, healthy origins is pretty good. Like for vitamin D and some of the other ones, some ones that they have. So you can look that up on Amazon and there are probably a couple more I'm forgetting uh, about offhand. But I would just say go go check it out and, and just look at the reviews. So there's a lot of good reviews you can uh, definitely do. But the, yeah, the brand you mentioned, Healthy Orange, those are a couple of good ones I definitely recommend. Nutricross has some good brands. Not all of them are great, but they have some good stuff there too. Um, you want to look at some of that for certain supplements. Um, I represent a company, a health company called Longevity. Just so people know, um, don't get it on Amazon because those people are actually selling it there illegally. They actually do not allow, the company does not allow people to sell on Amazon. You have to go through one of their distributors. So people, you, you can, they, can, they can reach out to me if they're interested in it. We've been around 26 years and we, you know, we greatly believe in our products. We think they're high-end uh, quality products. But yeah, but that, that's what we do. But definitely, I would just say do the research on Amazon because there's, you could just, anything above four, and if it's got at least a couple hundred views, uh, uh, look at it. And also, look at the more recent reviews because sometimes it may have had a lot of good reviews, but then sometimes the product changed in the last six months. So maybe the last six months, the reviews aren't that great. They'll say something changes now what it used to be. So also look at a lot of the recent reviews. So that's something I definitely would pay a lot of attention to. So what are, what are some other minerals that you get, like you, you need or other vitamins? Like I know I got I got a test done from a um, from an office at one point to make sure that everything was you know just I was overall like not just healthy but like my wellness was up to to high standard and I found out that I was low in glutathione and so uh, you know I got I think it was Thorn was the company that they recommended and I really enjoyed you know that product it seemed very clean I, I you know I took it for a while and then I and then I stopped um, and that was for stress and then they mentioned some other things so if you could talk like talk about that that I'd really appreciate it but also um, like what are some guarantees for for people or how you recommend them kind of figure out what what they need yeah well, you know, glutathione is your master antioxidant. And what happens is as you get older, your body tends to make less of it. So there's something called NAC, N-acetylcysteine, which is really great for your immune system. It helps with your liver. It actually uh, has been shown to help people fighting COVID as well, uh, which is why the FDA wasn't too crazy about it. Um, but that's for that's a conversation for another time. So that can definitely help you out. Actually, you also mentioned fructose earlier on, and that actually will affect your liver. So, see, glucose can be absorbed throughout the body. Fructose cannot can only be absorbed in the liver. And if you get too much fructose, it does a a, a lot of damage to your liver because your your liver can only handle so many toxins. That's the thing. You know, the, the liver will take care of a lot of toxins, but if you overlay with too many toxins. That's what it gets overdone. That's why people, a lot of people have something called a fatty liver and they're not even aware of it. So, yeah, so NAC is definitely a, a great, uh, it will help you build up your glutathione. And again, another thing that will help you, you know, and I mentioned selenium before, it's definitely, a, it's a great antioxidant. But again, you're, you're, a lot of levels go down as you get older. Um, unfortunately, you know, glutathione is one of them. So NAC, I think, is a great thing for help increasing glutathione. You can also buy glutathione uh, supplements. You can get those on Amazon, eBay, Walmart, etc. Um, another thing people lose, people don't realize this, a lot of people have acid reflux, GERD, and all that stuff. They think it's because it's too much acid. It's actually the exact opposite. You have acid reflux because you have too little stomach acid. And what do people do? They'll take baking soda or medicines like famotidine and other stuff, which will help 
reduce the stomach acid, and they'll feel relief. But the problem is it causes all kinds of health issues. It destroys your gut. You can't absorb nutrients as well. So this usually happens, again, around the age of 35, because most of you do not get acid reflux when they're 20. When I talk to them, you're 45. Okay, so we, did you have acid reflux 15 years ago? No, because they're losing the stomach acid. And what happens is... Um, it, you know, when it fights off, it can't fight off the bad bacteria. And a lot of times the bad bacteria is what's causing that acid reflux. So what you need to do is take more acid. So you could take uh, uh, apple cider vinegar tablets, you know, because that's acetic acid. I take four a day and I don't have any issues with acid reflux. So there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things. You like take some sort of acid and you won't have those problems. Unfortunately, there's certain things that happen when you get older. So it doesn't mean you're you're destined to die young, but because you can supplement with some of these things. So uh, a lot of the B-complex vitamins, you know, definitely helps you with your health, helps with your brain health. Vitamin A helps with a whole bunch of things. It's, um, it also helps with acne. So does zinc. Zinc, again, very important meal, very important for your immune system. You, you know, you mentioned that before. When, when COVID came out, like zinc was flying off all the sh off the shelves. One of the things they're recommending, hydroxychloroquine, was you, one of the reasons it worked was because it was taken together with zinc. So zinc is one of the master uh, immune minerals. Definitely, especially during the winter, take lots of zinc. So, and you mentioned calcium, magnesium. They actually have to work together. And one of the problems people have is, as as great as calcium it is. But if you take too much of it, but don't take enough magnesium, it can cause what's called calcification. It builds up too much and can cause hardening of the arteries. Mag uh, see, what calcium is, it's, it's a muscle constrictor. So if, 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 you, if you want to fold your hands you know, yeah, like that, you need calcium. But if you're going to open up your hands, you take magnesium because magnesium is a muscle relaxant. It offsets calcium. So unfortunately... They recommend either a one-to-one -one or two-to-one ratio of calcium to magnesium. And a lot, a lot of people, they, they have ratios of calcium to, of magne to magnesium of 10-to-one or 15-to-one. So they're having a whole bunch of health problems. Too much calcium without enough magnesium causes a whole lot of health issues, which is why it's important to get enough magnesium because they offset it. They need to work together. And unfortunately, too many people have way too much calcium. They'll eat a lot of cheese, cottage cheese and yellow cheese and all that stuff. And they're not getting enough of them. So you definitely need to take those two together. So, and unfortunately, a lot of the recommended allowances, the RDA, the ridiculous daily allowance is way too small. They recommend, I think, like 60 milligrams of vitamin C. Um, here's the thing. A lot of people have noticed. Vitamin C is, is, is made by almost every animal except for human beings, some primates, and guinea pigs. Every other animal can make vitamin C, and it's a stress vitamin. So when an animal gets stressed, it, it, it creates more vitamin C. We, for some reason, cannot. So when we get stressed, we get depleted of our vitamin C. So we need to get a lot more vitamin C. I would recommend probably at least a thousand milligrams every single day. So that'd be about at least 15 times what they recommend. And unfortunately, wow. they recommend way too low. Vitamin D, I think they recommend 400 to 600 international units. I recommend at the minimum 2,000 international units. I take 5,000 myself, but I'd say at the very minimum, take 2,000, which is five times what they recommend because it's very wow. important for your immune system. <clears throat> that is a significant difference. Mm -hmm. It seems that, you know, that, that tends to be a trend with the RDAs that they're just, they're so behind. Or maybe like in, in 
and the idea of working in a lab that they could could it work does it do its job yes but then like let's look at the bigger picture and see what are these humans doing and how are they operating and maybe like like you said like if, if you have a stressful job maybe if i'm a ceo of a company maybe i want a little bit more vitamin c in my life you know like mm-hmm. that's or or magnesium because it's hard for me to sleep at night you know um i used to take epsom salt baths before you know either training sessions or after training sessions uh it just or just I couldn't go to sleep. Magnesium, you know, it was always a really good option, and it worked really well for me. You know, like why are the why why are the RDA so behind? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe and, and it, uh, maybe they don't know. It probably hasn't been changed in like 60, 70 years. So I, I don't know if they don't know too much, or maybe they don't want the public to know. And here's the thing: when the public looks at it, they say, "Well, I'll just take that much." But if I take too much of it, it may be too dangerous for me, so they're afraid to take it. So they get scared. They just figured that's all that you that's all that's recommended. But a lot of these things is they, they should be taking a, a, a lot more of these things. And unfortunately, because they don't, they're having severe vitamin and mineral deficiencies. Um, people get aneurysms. You know, you hear it, people die of aneurysms. And aneurysm is just simply a copper deficiency. You get enough copper, you will not get aneurysms. Now, here's the interesting thing here. Uh, how do farmers take care of the animals? There's no Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Because they had got insurance for the animals, a hamburger will cost like $500. They make sure they get enough vitamins and minerals for them because they want to keep them healthy because they don't want to spend twenty dollars to $30,000 for an operation for their cow. They take care of it for the animals. The question is, why don't we do it for human beings? Now, we can go into big pharma because you know, they do make money when people get sick. So, but farmers, they can't afford to get their animals to be sick, so they make sure they get the proper vitamins and minerals, And which is why for a lot of animals, a lot of diseases have been eliminated because they got to keep them healthy. Because if the cows get sick, the pigs get sick, the farmer goes bankrupt. So they know this, but we don't do it for human beings. And so the question is, why? That could be a topic for another show. I think that's a great. I mean, that's insane. Like you know, like you. That's it's it's logical. I mean, that makes sense. Like you don't. You know, you you hear every so often. Like I guess the most recent one was the eggs, right? Uh, like there is a whatever happened. I forgot what exactly had happened with with the chickens, but um, we had severely lost a lot of our eggs, and so it was a, a big deal. But then, how often do you hear about them? It's, it's rare. You know, like they really do take very good care of their, or they, they do their best of trying to take care of the diseases inside of the animal because ultimately it goes to us and that's not a fun liability, right? And so they're, they're giving them all the nutrition, they give them the best food and maybe it's not the best tasting food, but I mean, they don't care. It's like, it's the most nutritious thing for that animal in that moment for the goals of the animal. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that was the problem with a lot of baby formulas. Um, uh, up, you know, back in the 90s, you were probably getting 12 vitamins and minerals. Now they've added more, so it's gotten better. Like the animals are getting 40, we were getting 12, and, like, and they were wondering why babies were dying of these diseases. I mean, a big cause of sudden infant death was a lack of selenium. You know, because the babies were dropping dead. Now that he added that and some other minerals, guess what? You're getting a lot fewer cases of sudden infant death syndrome. A lot of this is vitamin and mineral deficiencies. If you, if you give people the proper nutrition, you will eliminate a lot of the sickness. I mean, we still have pollution and stuff like that. That's yeah, going to cause issues. But you can eliminate a, a lot of health issues if you give people the proper nutrition. And unfortunately, um, they're keeping a lot of people in the dark. You're right. Some people are starting to wake up from it because um, there's a lot of good information out there. There's a lot of videos out there, websites people can do their research on. So um, you can definitely learn a lot from it. So people are starting to wake up. I still think um, there's still a lot of people who don't know about it. But compared to, say, 10 years ago, 
there are definitely a lot more people who are educated about the topic. And I think because maybe I'm in that, that industry, that's my space, I hear a lot about it. Like it's a constant conversation that I've been having for years now. But maybe somebody who's in, uh, you know, who's in construction and you tell them like, yeah, you need more magnesium. They're like, what? what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, it's, it's like, a, it's a whole thing, you know, but like, they don't know, like, they don't have the time for it. They're, they're just, no, they're they're adjacent. So they're in a different industry. It just happens to be that you know you and I happen to be more around it, so we get to have the conversation more often, um, which is awesome. You know, we we need people of all types to be able to help each other grow. Uh, so it's it, you know, but it really is the answer tends to be almost always nutrition. Uh, absolutely, it, it, it's just a huge part of it, and um, you know. Uh, I've had relatives who died for a whole bunch of reasons. Some of it because you know they were smokers. Some of it because they didn't take care of their health. So I don't want I don't want to see so many people die unnecessarily. You know, if they can give an extra 15, 20, 30 years, spend time with their family, with their kids. You know, it's shame. It's a shame to see someone go to an early grave when when it's not necessary. And it's not a lot of times people don't know any better. Say, so, yeah, you take care of the nutrition, you would take care of of a lot of things. Yeah. So I'm really passionate about that and just trying to get as much. Of this information out to people. Look, I'm going to talk about another thing that's been uh, a lot of people have been bad about. You mentioned eggs earlier. Eggs are some of the most healthy and nutritious uh, foods you can eat. It's been bad. People were eating this for centuries because they say, well, it causes high cholesterol. Actually, your cholesterol level is not determined by eggs. 80% of your cholesterol is made by your liver. Now, and the cholesterol is another thing that's been bad by people. If, if your liver is making it, it means it's necessary. A big chunk of your brain is made up of cholesterol. And unfortunately, people's cholesterol levels get too uh, low. Guess what happens? It causes a whole bunch of health issues. And since they started lowering the cholesterol levels with these drugs in the last 50 years, there's been a huge increase in Alzheimer's and dementia. And it's correlated to the fact that lowering the cholesterol. So yeah, if you want to lower it a little, fine. But if you lower it way too much, you're asking for issues because your brain needs that cholesterol. And when it doesn't have it, it's going to have some, some of those diseases. And a big cause of it is because they're lowering the cholesterol. But eggs really don't raise it up. Because um, the more eggs you eat, guess what? Your liver will start making less cholesterol. And your eggs, and it's not just the protein. People only want to eat the white parts to get the protein. But 40% of the protein is in the yolk. And the yolk has a whole bunch of vitamins and minerals. It's got selenium, choline. It's got a whole bunch of different health benefits. The only thing probably more nutritious than an egg is human mother's milk. But it's been so uh, denigrated the last 50 years. A lot of people are afraid to eat eggs. or They only want to eat the white part of the eggs. But the yolk is where most of the nutrition is. And people eat eggs. And I recommend not frying it. I recommend either hard boil or soft boil because it keeps more of the nutrition. But people eat eggs tend to live longer. Because it also has something in it called myelin. And that's something else in your brain that, um, that lessens oh, as we get older. It's yeah, at the sheet, yeah. And it's one of the reasons why people slow down as they get older. So if you want to keep your myelin levels high, eat lots of eggs. Eat somewhere, eat a minimum of two eggs a day, and it's going to help you a lot with your health. Don't let the scaremongers uh, scare you. Eat those eggs. Because I'd say people who eat eggs a lot tend to live longer. Eggs is one, and then another one is going to be salt. Salt, I think, is like... It is demonized so hard, but it's like we, but we need salt, you know. Like it's like, oh, salt is raising my blood pressure, and it's like, I don't know that that's the thing that's raising your blood pressure. Do you, like, what do you know about like salt's influence on the body? Yeah, it's it's a necessary nutrient, and uh, there are people in Japan they eat high levels of salt that don't have these high blood pressures. It's actually the thing that actually raises your blood pressure more, and probably because of the insulin resistance it causes. 
is actually sugar. You should be more concerned about sugar affecting your heart and your blood pressure than with salt. And uh, there's some doctors that talked about it, or Dr. Robert Lustig had an interview with Dr. Mark Hyman, he talked about it, and, and Robert Lustig wrote a great book about the dangers of sugar. Sugar is actually probably more harmful for your blood pressure than salt. I wouldn't worry too much about your salt. And uh, yeah, it's been demonized a little way too much. Um, I would just say be concerned about limiting your sugar because it's not a necessary nutrient. Um, there's certain carbs that are fine, like vegetable carbs are good. Uh, fiber is good because it doesn't raise your blood sugar level. So uh, you want to look at net carbs, for example. So if, you know, if, if total carbs are 13 and the fiber is 4, so that means your net carbs is 13 minus 4, which is 9. That's your net carb. Because fiber is the one carb that will not raise your blood sugar level. So uh, fiber is something also extremely important, and uh, a lot of people also deficient in fiber. So make sure you get enough fiber and try to make sure the food's got both kinds, the soluble and the insoluble fiber. So um, if it has both, it's generally better. Um, do, you so. work, do you work with clients one-on-one, -on -one or are you working more in like a larger body of individuals? Uh, primarily one-on-one. -on -one. And so are, how are you, are, are you having people get blood work done to kind of make sure like you're, you're prescribing the right vitamins? No, what I do is I have them do a free health evaluation. They say they fill out a bunch of questions, and we look at four main areas. One is the heart tissues, which is like the bones and the joints. The next is the soft tissues, which is like the eyes, the skin, the organs. And then we do the digestion, which is really, you know, related to your digestion, your gut. And the other part is your blood sugar level. And based on the answer to those questions, we can see where they're doing well and where they're deficient. So the areas where they're deficient, we work on improving that, and we have products to help them deal with that. So it's based on filling that health evaluation, and um, so we can tell where they're lacking. And then we have we work with them for like five, six months, and then we take the products and say, hey, let's do another health evaluation, see how much your score has improved. And you'd be amazed, like 50, 60 years ago, people in their 20s, you know, they will always have good health evaluation. But there are a lot of people that are 25 years old that are struggling with their health right now, a lot of because of, you know, what's been going on. It's, it's amazing. A lot of kids in their 20s and 30s getting cancer, which was unheard of 50, 60 years ago. But that, that's the way we do it. Um, and then we, I mentioned the gut. That's something also very important because 70% of your immune system is in your gut. And for a whole bunch of reasons, you know, you mentioned the sugars, the fake sugars, they will all affect your gut health. And uh, antibiotics, you take way too many antibiotics because in that it kills a lot of the good bacteria, which is in your gut. And if people worry about feeling better, guess what? 80% of your serotonin is actually in your gut, not in your brain. So they've been focusing on the wrong area for the last 70, 80 years. The antidepressants, all that stuff, which um, a lot of antidepressants really don't work any better than a placebo, but they're targeting the wrong area. They're targeting the brain. They should be targeting the gut. If you take care of your gut health, you're much more likely to feel less depressed So, because that's where most of your serotonin is. So that's something that's also extremely important. Your gut health is so crucial, and most people have compromised guts for a whole bunch of reasons. And so just for the people that don't know what serotonin is or what it does, do you mind elaborating a little bit? Well, again, it, 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 it's this hormone that really helps you with your mood. It helps you feel better. So, And when you're, when you're deficient in it, you tend to feel more depressed. You feel lousy. You, know, you just don't feel as good. And a lot of people are, you know, so, so they'll recommend and the, these medications, which is supposed to help increase it, but it's only maybe up to 20% of it is in your brain. So instead of taking these medications very often, which have very bad side effects, you should just focus on thinking, you know, taking care of your gut, which will help increase that hormone that, that you know, that, that will help you feel better. And, and 
If you take care of your gut, it'll raise that level and people tend to feel it. Actually, and, and magnesium too will help you feel better because people with the fish, it helps with headaches. It helps you feel less depressed. And it's, some people, uh, there have been some studies seen, that seems to be linking postpartum depression to um, magnesium deficiency. Because when a woman gives birth to a baby, it's obviously painful and it's very stressful. And when you get stressed out, your magnesium levels also get a lot lower. So women who give birth very often are deficient in magnesium. It could be a pot, one of the possible reasons for postpartum depression in some mothers after they give birth. So uh, maybe giving them some extra magnesium might help alleviate the system of postpartum depression. So magnesium and vitamin D, and I mentioned before, and in improving the gut health. You take care of those things, you can probably eliminate a good chunk of the depression. It won't eliminate everything, but we'll get rid of a lot of it out there. We'll be out in the sun. But you, you, ever, you ever notice when you're out in the sun, you feel a lot better because you're getting the vitamin D. I started taking some some probiotics here recently. I, I will go on and off every once in a while. I'll start taking them, stop, and sometimes I do. You know, yogurt. It's a good. It's a good, um, uh, not alternative, but a good natural way to get some some extra probiotics in our diet. Do you always see those little? You know, there's a bunch of stuff at the grocery store you can take just to drink, like uh, daily little drinks. I started taking a daily pill, and I think it's like one billion um, live. You know. Um, live cells. And so I've enjoyed that, but sometimes, you know, I think there's, there's times where we don't necessarily feel that effect on the immediate, you know? And so I think that in a, in a society where we appreciate that immediate satisfaction, we're like, but Victor, like, I don't feel any different yet, man. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, that's where the compound effect comes in. see anything that's great takes a long time. You know, a baby takes nine months to develop. I mean, the old days when we were a farming community, we understood you plant, you cultivate, then you harvest. Too often, everyone wants to plant and harvest the next day. It doesn't work that way. It's going to take maybe six months to harvest that crop. And same thing with taking care of y'all. Um, Les Brown talked about the bamboo tree. It grows five years underground. No growth whatsoever. It's watering and nurturing for five years. All of a sudden, wow. in the fifth year, it grows 90 feet. Did it grow 90 <laughs> feet in those two months, or did it take five years? It was those five years of watering and nurturing it that caused that bamboo tree to grow 90 feet. Now, here's the thing. The compound effect could work against you or for you. Now, here's the thing. If people had a heart attack after eating a couple of McDonald's Big Macs, they would not go to McDonald's every day. But you don't see the harm that's done to your, your health by eating a lot of this processed and junk food. It takes years of eating a lot of crappy food to have those health issues, the cancer, the heart disease, and all that stuff. Same thing with your health. I mean, one day of dieting is not going to help you lose weight. It's going to take many months of dieting, eating better quality food, exercising, all that stuff. It, it, it could take weeks and months. People have to be patient. But inside, your body is working on it. And so you may not see it in a week or two, but over the course of months, you'll see the difference. Or if you want to have weights, you lift weights, you want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're going to have big muscles going to the gym a couple of times. You got to go over the course of many months consistently. You got to be consistent with it. Consistency is what helps you. A lot of people are not disciplined and consistent. Because um, I'll give you an example. If you double a penny every day for 30 days, now in the beginning, it doesn't seem like much two cents, four cents, eight cents. But after 30 days, you get $5 million. That's the power of compounding. But if you skip it every other day, if you only do it, double it every other day, you only have $163.84. So that's what lack of consistency hurts you. So the compound effect combined with consistency, you have to be consistent 
day in and day out. A lot of people are not consistent with their diets. They don't take care of themselves. And one thing I will talk about after exercise is something very important. It's good for your heart health, cardiovascular, it's good for your, your brain. But a lot of times when you're working out, you're not just losing that sweat. You're losing a lot of vitamins and minerals. So you have to make sure you supplement after you work out because if you don't supplement, it's going to cause a lot of health issues. Exercise without supplementation is called suicide. That's why you might see a high school quarterback. They say he was in great health for somebody. He just dropped dead on the field because most likely he was probably working out, but he never supplemented because he was doing a lot of sweating, but he was sweating out all that nutrients. You have to replenish the nutrients after a good workout. So definitely keep that in mind. You, again, exercise has a lot of benefits, but make sure you supplement when you're done. I think, you know, I think after, we always talk about like post meals or post workout meals and how important they are and what they should be. I think that maybe so, like, I think some good ones are, I mean, we, we know our, our macronutrients, right? We need, I know I need a, a good, usually a pretty high GI carbohydrate to, 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 to boost insulin a little bit because insulin is my most anabolic hormone in the body. I want to stop the degradation of my tissue, right? So <laughs> if I associate that with a, another low glycemic load um, or like low glycemic index carbohydrate, and complex ideally, and then link that with a protein, then I give my cells the ability to open up, absorb the proteins, absorb the fats, and absorb the minerals that are coming along mm -hmm. with those foods, um, and then not having such a just a, a jump in that insulin and then all the way back down, or that blood sugar and then all the way down, and then having that crash. Uh, so just making sure what my meal afterwards is definitely well balanced. What, what kind of meals do you suggest having after working out? Yeah, so but what you just recommended makes sense. And here's the thing. When you're eating your meals, eat the carbs last. And they're much less likely to raise your blood sugar if you eat them last rather than you eat them first. A lot of times we eat them first. And so if you tend to eat them last, you eat like the proteins and the fat first. Probably eat the proteins first and the fats. Uh, your, your, your blood sugar level, your glycemic index won't go up as fast. So I recommend eating that. And when you wake up in the morning, um, traditionally, what do people eat? They eat meats, they eat bacon, they eat eggs. But what do we eat now? A bagel uh, with some eat, Yeah, bagels, cereal. We eat a lot of carbs. But actually, the thing you lose most when you fall asleep are protein. So you should have some protein in the morning because that's the things you lose the most when you fall asleep. Um, another thing, yeah, and, and, and again, some of the other things have changed over the years. Um, uh, the, uh, unfortunately, the modern wheat that we have today, it, it's a lot different from the wheat that we had before, you know, the last 60 years because they get a lot more, you know, a lot more production out of it. But it causes a whole bunch of health issues. It tends to raise your glycemic index up there a lot. It raises your, it, it, uh, the form of gluten that's, that, that it gives out is much worse. And gluten is another big problem. I recommend the book Grain Brain by Dr. Richard Perlmutter, which talks about the issues not only with sugar, but with gluten. And it seems like the gluten with the traditional wheat did not affect the health as much. But the new gluten that comes from the modern wheat causes a whole bunch of health issues. And it probably, for those that are dealing with diabetes, it's not just probably uh, lowering your blood sugar, but you probably want to eat a lower your gluten or maybe even get rid of it. So gluten causes a whole bunch of issues as well, primarily for what comes from the modern wheat. So it all causes irritable bowel syndromes. And it seems like it seems to make people put on more weight, whereas the traditional wheat did not uh, do as much. Unfortunately, 90 to 95% of the places that sell the wheat are selling the modern wheat. You can still get the original wheat. You have forms like einkorn, which I recommend. And if you look at the nutritional level, the original wheat tends to have a lot more nutrition than the modern wheat does. 
it just seems like our environment is not necessarily fit for our success. No, it isn't. Unfortunately, there's a marriage between big food and big pharma. Big food makes a lot of these uh, foods that are stripped of nutrients. And, uh, and, and a lot of these foods are also highly addictive. And like you said, stay out of the middle aisles. But you know what a lot of these supermarkets do? They'll change, they'll change where the foods are. So then you have to go moving around to find where you look. It's not, normally people go, I got to go this aisle, this aisle. I know what I want, then I leave. They know you're doing that. So what they do, they mix up the aisles. So like, okay, I got to go to the middle aisle now. So then you find, you look at these things you would never buy. That's why they change the aisles all the time because they want to make sure you're shopping all around the store. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of these foods, again, they have a uh, there's a lot of junk in it. Some of them are genetically modified. There's a lot of sugar in them. There's a lot of processed. They, they take in a lot of the nutrients. They get sick, and that's where big pharma comes in. Big pharma makes lots of money when you get sick. They don't make money when you're healthy. So they put you on these um, on these medicines very often. You have to take it for the rest of your life. But not only do they have a lot of bad side effects, the other thing is the uh, some of these meds have. Uh, fluoride in there in the medicines. The fluoride is a toxin. Despite what they tell you, it's not healthy for you. It's a toxin. It does damage to your brain. And a lot of these medicines have fluoride in them. But they also drain you of a lot of your nutrients like magnesium, the CoQ10, like stands will drain you of the CoQ10. So that causes a whole bunch of health issues as well. So uh, that's why people who are on these medicines for 20, 30 years, they don't get better. They're getting worse because not just the side effects, but they're being drained of the nutrients because they've been taking it for 20, 30 years. And these these medicines will drain you of a lot of these nutrients, which your body needs. So you actually have to take even more of it to offset the flaws by the medicines. You know, I just I, I wish I knew more about fluoride, and it's definitely a t- uh, something that I should read more about. I have a, a I don't know if you know the the brand Berkey. I have a Berkey filter uh, in my, in my mm-hmm. house, and on, on the very top I have the, the the charcoal filters, and on the bottom part I have my fluoride filters. And it, part of me is just I just I, I want nice clean water, um, and then I want my you know, and so part I I did it so that I could have good one taste good tasting water because uh, the water sometimes from the tap does not taste good. Um, and so this way I knew, I, I kind of know what I'm getting. Um, and instead of a Brita filter that it has a, a high rate of, of turnover, uh, the, the Berkey was just a little bit better of a filter overall. Um, so do you, like, do you recommend filtering your water? Oh, absolutely. Because unfortunately, most systems there, it's, it'll have uh, fluoride and chlorine, which are toxins. So I definitely recommend it. And Berkeley is definitely uh, one of the better ones out there. So you, you get a good water filter. Um, uh, most of Western Europe has banned fluoride from the water. I think Israel's banned. I think Japan is banned in a number of other countries. So uh, I think a few cities here in the U.S. have as well. But yeah, that's telling. Because if you look at the people in Western Europe, um, they have better quality food. Uh, they have less junk. They they have certain toxins that are not allowed to be used in their foods. They generally don't use high fructose corn syrup in their sodas. There's no fluoride, and they tend their they tend to live on five to seven years longer than the average American does. And they use butter instead of margarine. Butter is another fat that's been unfortunately badly attacked, which actually is a good fat. And uh, in terms of margarine, the food that's uh, really bad for you, not butter. Butter is good. Yeah, but uh, margin I think is definitely not okay. Just have the natural stuff. Have the have the butter is definitely a better call. It definitely seems that you know I was going to say it's more about the profit than it is about the quality of the health of our of our of our people. And I think that I don't know. It just I, I thought that 
America was supposed to be this place that was just like, you know, good for the people, good for people, uh, good for all of us. And, and it ends up being like, no, at the end of the day, what, what can I, how can I market so that it sells well? Not so that I can provide a good quality product to my people and make sure that they're healthy, but also having a good experience. You know, I want, I want to create a good product that tastes good and is good for my people. Like I can, I can do all that. I thought, and not just put a bunch of junk in something. And then like, it's just for, just for the flavor or just for the textures. It's a, it's like, it's truly nutritious as well. It, but it seems like that's kind of been lost and it's just, it really is just for profit. Yeah. And this thing started in the early part of the 20th century because there were, in the early 20th century, there were a lot of medical schools, there, was a lot, there were a lot of homeopathic schools and chiropractic schools. And then the Rockefeller Fed, uh, Foundations sponsored this report called the Flexor Report. And to make a long story short, because of that report, most of the homeopathic schools closed and they wanted to focus on medicine. And medicine in the next 20 years became um, the, the homeland of just pharmaceutical drugs. And a lot of these, a lot of these uh, labs from colleges, they get the fund. They, they don't get funded by the government anymore. They get funded by big pharma companies. So guess what? They're doing a research that uh, supports being funded because if you don't, if you don't come out with results that they like, they're not going to fund you anymore. So, but again, a lot of the natural homeopathic schools goes down, and then unfortunately, many states do not allow for uh, holistic naturopathic doctors. Some of them do, but there's still a number of states that don't allow it. So I know I have a lot of friends, they want to find a holistic naturopathic doctor, but insurance won't cover it. So it's very expensive. They'll cover the regular doctors, which will prescribe all kinds of drugs in them. But that flex report changed the situation out of everything. So um, chiropractors who are who do a lot of great stuff for your health, they're great do a lot of great and number one if your back is out of whack you're going to have a lot of health problems so i've been going to a chiropractor for eight years and uh my health has definitely improved a lot as a result of it but they also focus on natural stuff so they'll tell you what kind of diets they have they'll they do they, a lot of what i'm telling you they're going to tell you the same thing so that's why uh big pharma doesn't like they'll call them quacks and but here's the thing the third leading cause of death is not going to a chiropractor or homeopathic uh doctor it's, it's taking the medicine that the regular doctors uh, tell you to take and taking the regular clients that they tell you why because there's a lot of bad side effects like the third or fourth leading cause of death in this country after cancer and heart disease so um if you're thinking that taking those things is going to help i mean i mean there's a place for drugs there's no question about it it definitely helps in certain things and you know what if, if i get if i get in a car accident and i break my arm and i break my leg give me some anesthesia i don't want to be awake when you're cutting me up so they, there is a yeah. place where the problem is it's the number one reason. They always go to that first. I think it should be the last resort. You should look for natural means first and then go to drugs as a backup. I like that. I like that stipulation or that, that, that note there. Definitely. There's, there's a place for drug use, right? I mean, like there, there are just some people that have some stuff going on in their, in their brains or they have some, mm -hmm. some like, uh, like I think the best example is like a type one diabetic. They just don't make insulin the way that they should, right? That is just how it goes. And so, um, yes, I can also make sure that the, what they're eating, their diet is good. But at the end of the day, I also need to be make sure I thank I thank big pharma that they, you know, can create some good insulin for those people so that they can live a life, you know? So I, I think there is definitely a place for it. It's just the overuse of it. Sometimes I, I went to a, a psychiatrist one, I was just talking about a friend about this. And I my during my first meeting, it was on a voice call. They're like, Yeah, I don't know, it sounds like we should get you on some medication. I'm gonna go and write you a prescription and it was like within 15 minutes 
of our first interaction ever. And it felt very, it felt too quick. Like we're just handing out pills. It's like, you don't even like, yeah, maybe, you know, a little bit more about my story, but like, you don't really know how I interact. Maybe we have a little bit, a couple more meetings. Maybe we talk for an hour or so. Um, and then not just like go straight towards that. Cause man, like, Oh, are you working out? You know, like why, why is that not the first question or how's your diet or how's your sleep? Right? Like these are not the questions that they ask. It's like, eh, we'll just go and get you on some medication and see how you do. And then it turns out that that medication, I was on Wellbutrin, that medication, it just gave me like these suicidal thoughts. I did not enjoy it. I was like, man, this is, this, this doesn't seem right. And so I ended up stopping and, and then not, not continuing. But like, if I just made sure that I was sleeping better, maybe not having so much caffeine late at night so I could sleep better and work out some more, maybe not even if it's intense working out, but like going out for a walk at the end of the day and like get, taking my time to just breathe and be in nature for a little bit longer. Like that proved to be like super beneficial to me. But the first, the first thing that he did, let's get you on drugs. Yeah. That's too much. No, I agree. Yeah. And actually walk is not a great exercise. It's really, it, it helps so much. It also helps your mood. It makes you feel better when you walk. And I would recommend anything high intensity. Don't do it four hours or longer before you go to bed. Don't do it like two hours before you go to bed because you're going to have trouble sleeping. You're going to have a lot more energy. You're going to have trouble sleeping. So I would just say anything high intensity, do it four hours or more before you go to bed. So I recommend that. But yeah, one of the problems is um, a lot of doctors, they've been trained that way. They, they spend any, no more than anywhere from three to 20 hours studying nutrition all those years of med school. They spend very, very little time, and that's done on purpose. So I don't blame the doctors as much because I, I blame the way they were taught because they weren't taught. They would just say, you give them this medicine, you give them that medicine. So that's why any issue, they say, you take this drug, you take this. And unfortunately, the Western medicine is allopathic. It, it doesn't focus on the person as well. It just, it's, like, it's like an assembly line. You give everyone the same thing. You, that's why you go to a primary guy. Primary doctor, you're not going to spend more than five to ten minutes there because he's seeing 300 people there during the day. But you look at Eastern medicine, it focuses on the whole person. That's why, you know, where I'm coming from, I'm a certified holistic coach because we look at the whole person and not just one thing. You know, you have a lot of doctors that are specializing in heart, the kidneys, and different parts of it, and that's good. But you have to look at how does everything work as a whole for the body because the body is one whole thing. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors, they only look at one part of the body and ignore the rest of it. And that's, and that's the problem. Um, they want to give you this medicine, but it also doesn't. And then the thing is, the more medicines you're on, guess what? They're going to have bad reactions to certain other medicines, and people have these bad side effects. So you're on six or seven of them, and you got to make sure it doesn't interact with the other one. And here's the other problem. I work with certain people uh, because they're on these certain medicines for their heart. They can't take certain vitamins or mineral supplements because it can, it can affect the interaction of these drugs. So that's another downside to being on these medicines. You can't take the vitamins and minerals that you need because it could affect the interaction. So it won't work as well. So they, they'll say, my cardiologist told me I can't take this because it's, it's going to affect us. And that's a darn shame because these days can get, give them so much help with their health. Um, but but then that's the problem. This is the way they've been taught. So yeah, the people in medical school, the, you know, doctors, they know a lot about how the body works. The you know certain things. But I can say straight out, uh, we holistic health coaches, we know a lot more about health than they do, and it's because they weren't taught how to handle health, and they're not taught about it in health. And it's a darn shame. And I have friends who are doctors who are focused on health because they study on their own outside of med school. But they tell me. They said when they were in med school, they they spend like maybe two or three classes studying health. That's it. 
four years of med school, then the residency, very little health and study, then it, and it's a darn shame. That's why that's why when you go to a doctor, he won't say, you know, occasionally they might say, get some exercise. They say, what's your diet? What kind of foods are you eating? You know, are you taking these vitamins or minerals? But not many of them do. And it especially seems like the older doctors, because they, they seem to be more set in their ways. Some of the younger doctors, I think they seem to be more open uh, to looking at nutrition. So that's a hopeful sign, I think. I think it is a helpful sign. I think, you know, it is, I was going to say, just you made a comment about chiropractors, and I think you're right. I think a lot of times they are perceived as quacks. And I think I think you have good and bad in every field. You have good doctors, you have bad doctors, you have good chiros, and you have bad chiros, right? Yeah. But I can tell you that I've seen more chiropractors that take care of their health, like their holistic health, more than I've seen MDs. And maybe that's just coincidence. I, I don't. I don't know. It's not, it's not to say here or the other. It's just, it's just an observation that I've seen. Um, I, I know several chiros personally, and all of them seem to constantly work out, take care of their body. They're doing exercise. They're doing stretches. They're making sure they're taking the right vitamins. Like they're, they're yes, they're 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 people don't consider them doctors. I think a lot of times because they didn't go through as much school. But at the same time, they'll consider a mathematician who has a PhD a doctor, right? And so it's mm-hmm. it's this like weird. It's this weird gray area where people. People just like are very much so demeaning of Kairos um, when I think that they're, you know, they, they definitely have a basis for, for practicing and they bring in a little bit more of that Eastern style medicine, which I, I greatly appreciate. Um, and then the, the, we were talking about the most, re- I just wanted to comment on that. And then you, you said something, what were we talking about? Um, oh, going, uh, going, cool. to, going to yeah. younger doctors, I think is also, I think it's what I see as well. Also a little bit more common where we do see people having a little bit more conversation or like to be able to sit down with me and say, Hey, like what's going on? How can we, how can we solve these things? And then recommending exercise as a, as a viable means of, of health um, in accordance with maybe some stuff that are going on. Right. Or if I have, a, I have, I coach clients. And so I have a client who has like a, a blockage of, of some, some arteries right now. And so we're going to, yes, she's going to go ahead and have some, some, some stuff done. But at the same time, her doctor was like, but make sure you keep on working out. Like make sure you still are doing the lifting, doing the exercise. And then, also, like my bone density athletes or clients, like the oh that have arthritis or osteo um, osteopenia, it's the the recommendation I think more and more often is make sure you are lifting weights. And I think you used to be oh no, don't lift weights, you don't want to get hurt. Now it's make sure you're lifting weights so that make so that we can increase that overall bone density. But you're right; it's ultimately the the system that is teaching the individuals incorrectly, rather than just the, the doctors themselves. It's not their fault; it's just what's being taught. Yeah, and doctors. Look, I have a lot of friends that are doctors. They go there because they want to help people. Their their heart is in the right place. They want to they want to help people. They want to get them healthy. They want to heal people. So their heart is the right place. It's just what they're being taught. So, and I think I think the younger doctors they're learning more about these things. Like you mentioned, some of the things they want to you know. How can I help you? What should we do? So I think you take a more personalistic approach. You can do a lot more for the clients. Again, it's having that trust in your doctor is extremely important. People don't realize when you, when the doc, when the when the doctor feels like he he's there for you, he wants to help you, he's your friend. That really helps a lot. Because a lot of people get scared when they go to the doctor. So for those of you that are doctors that are listening, just remember that when you talk to, to your patients. That 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 calmness, that 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 reassurance, 
helps your clients so much. So that's just something for the doctors who are listening. Just remember that because, you know, because, you, you know, especially the elderly ones, you know, they're concerned about they these comorbidities. So they're concerned about that. And lifting weights is very important. It's and especially as you get older. Uh, what's that term? Sarcopenia because they lost the muscle mass. Stuff like that. So actually, the older you are, you're 60, 70, you actually do need to lift weights. So it doesn't stop when you're 40 or 50. It's actually more important as you get older. So that's a good point you brought up. I think that we live in a society that doesn't, you know, like I, I watched a documentary about the blue zones on Netflix just recently and, and all of these different areas, they they really have a, I think a bigger sense of community. Like when people are getting around, you know, there's intergenerational households like and in here we, we, you know, we drive everywhere. People don't have their own gardens. We rely on somebody else to take care of our own health rather than taking it into our own hands versus I think that a lot of these other places they they had their own home gardens they they took care and then created their own stuff for their house like whether like like their tools um they cooked at home more often and so like all these little things that like we're lifting weights but not really you know you're squatting you're getting up like you're 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 staying very physically active but now in 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 the western society we have to make it a point that we go to a, a gym to do those things and then we subscribe to that gym and then never show up and it's like well if you're not getting it at the house you got to get it somewhere and so like it's another it's an opportunity to create a community as well as build our overall health because we don't have it's it's not necessarily wrong that we don't get to cook as much right but like but then go to the gym more right like like make up for it elsewhere either do one or the other either cook more at home and take care and do that community thing or do it at the gym where you can find a community do some classes and then lift some weights you know yeah. And unfortunately, America has become an individualistic society. So it doesn't have that sense of community that a lot of other cultures have. And that's something that works to our detriment. So we should definitely try to restore some of that, have the families working together. And you're right. Uh, one of the reasons why cooking at home is so much better is like you go to a restaurant, um, it, everything is, is cooked in vegetable oil, which is really detrimental for your health. So, you know, they, it, they, they've been marketing as healthy. It is not healthy at all. Actually, you know, one thing that was healthy that we used to use 30, 40 years ago that most people don't use anymore, lard. Lard actually was actually relatively healthy to use. You can use coconut oil, avocado oil. Just stay away from the vegetable. It's just going to cause a whole bunch of health issues. So, and, and, and every restaurant uses it because they heard, oh, it's healthy to use. So, so if you eat out four or five times a week, you're going to get a ton of vegetables, which cause a whole bunch of uh, issues. And that's where the omega-6s come in. So we need the, the, the essential fatty acids, DFAs. That's something also very important for health. It's good for your heart health, your blood pressure, brain health, a whole bunch of other things. Uh, but uh, we don't get enough omega-3. So we get too much omega-6s, which are inflammatory. Omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. So we need to up the level of omega-3s. But... If you take too much vegetable oils and stuff like that, you have way too much omega-6, which means there's more inflammation in your body. And inflammation causes a whole bunch of health issues. So um, definitely try to look into increasing the omega-3s as well. But, yeah, it's definitely healthier. Uh, try not to eat out as much. Um, I mean, it's good to go out, but I would say don't do it more than a couple times a week. Uh, if you're doing it five or six times a week, it's, it's going to cause a whole bunch of health issues. And it's a lot more expensive. That's right. That's right. That's for sure. Um, I think, you know, it's, I don't know that it's necessarily that, the, that they think that vegetable oil is healthy. I think that it, it's probably just, it, it's, it's less expensive. If, I, I love me some good avocado oil, right? Uh, I also really like some good olive oil, like some good, good quality olive oil. And it's not as 
affordable as some mm-hmm. vegetable oil. Vegetable oil is pretty darn cheap. Um, and But my avocado oil, healthier and more expensive. It, it almost seems like health is, is a luxury to some at, at some point, you know? Yeah, it definitely costs money. Some of these things cost more. Uh, coconut oil is also good. And, and that is some people, they know these things are healthy for them, but like they might be on tight budget. So it can be offered to support some of these better things. So they, they got to have to uh, do that. So I know that hopefully they can be, there can be a way maybe we could try to cut the cost of some of these things down. But the, the thing to keep in mind for those that like maybe the money's a little tight, but they can afford it is, is your health worth spending an extra 50 bucks on some of these foods that get a little healthier because it's going to it's going to save you from being in the hospital and having all these health issues down the road again part of the issue is the compound effect we don't see the results immediately so we figured if you know we keep doing it's not going to affect us it's when it's not affecting us now but five or ten years down the road it can affect us so the thing is you got to ask you ask yourself this question how much is my health worth because when you get all these diseases you get the cancer the heart disease you're like, maybe I should have spent that extra 20, 30, 40, 50. Some families can afford it. I can understand that. But there are some that can, but it's like uh, they'll spend on some other thing. They'll spend $1,000 on an iPhone. Maybe you can get a cheaper Android, you know, save a few hundred bucks and maybe spend that money getting some of those healthier foods. It's just you ask yourself what's more important. Yeah. My my priorities, right? Where where are your, where is that individual's priorities lie? And uh, I think a lot of times it's like, well, I want to have the new shoes. It's like, well, maybe like, do you really need the new shoes? Like, yeah, you want to look like you have new shoes or whatever. Like some, some of it is a, is a status thing, but at the same time, it's like in 30 years, it doesn't matter if you would have bought those shoes or not. But what matters now is you have cardiovascular disease and that's the issue. Now, maybe what if you just like took care of yourself a little bit more often? And again, it's something it's, I think part of it is, is maybe you can't, you truly cannot afford, which is a true reality. I've been there in my life where I could, I just couldn't afford the healthier things. But what I did do was I made sure that I was working out more, right? It was, mm-hmm. it was the walks, it was the runs, it was the lifting weights, those kinds of push ups, squats right outside your door. Like it, those kinds of things don't cost anything outside uh, you know just just the, your space and your time you know like that that's really about it and so i think there's a lot of options for us to go about mm-hmm. um it's just making sure that my priorities are in line with with those things and my vision is more long term it's a marathon not a sprint right like cliche no I, absolutely it's uh you have a long-term vision i think a lot of people don't so um and again i recommend get plenty of sleep uh, people think that you know Unfortunately, corporate America is, is really championist. They think if you're sleeping too much, you're lazy. It's, but the studies will show if you sleep 17 hours a day, you're going to have a lot more health benefits. You're less likely to get cancer. Um, and guess what? You're going to be more productive. People who sleep four to five hours a day, six hours a day, uh, if you do it consistently, you're no more productive than someone that's drunk. And a big, big cause of access is not drunk driving. The bigger cause is drowsy driving. You're not getting yep. enough sleep. So th- that kills a lot more people than drunk driving. And why is it that we're not focusing on that? So you, if you get more sleep, you're going to be healthier. You're going to be more productive. You get a lot more done. And so I am a big, I become a big proponent of sleep. And I don't think they, um, and they've done studies. Babies that sleep more, they tend to become more intelligent and they're healthier. They remember more. And you remember a lot more when you sleep about it. the phrase, let me sleep on it. There's truth to that. 
if you don't if you don't get enough sleep, you're not gonna remember as well. You're not gonna think as well. So definitely get plenty of sleep. Yes, yeah, so there are definitely things you can do to improve things. I mean, eggs are not that expensive. I mean, it went up a full while last year, but they've come down in price again. Yeah. You, you can get a lot of nutrition from eggs, and they're not too expensive. They're they're reasonably affordable for most people. So that that's one item you can get. It'll get you a protein and a bunch of different nutrients. So you know, so you can look at that. And you mentioned you know you're working out, exercises. There are certain things you can do. Even if you don't have enough money, so you can at least take care of some of the health stuff. That's right. Victor, I think this was a wonderful conversation. I mean, I really do appreciate your time. I think that these are a lot of really big points that I think people need to need to take home with them. And I think that, you know, this is the this is the whole goal, right? We're trying to trying to make up a whole population of community better, just better people. Um, you know, you, you, I know you talked about, you know, just the, the way to have success and, and it kind of like kind of leaked in a little bit. And I think you're, you, you know, you're spot on. It's being consistent and it's not just, I think the way that we see it is it can be in health and it's, it's very visible. If I, if I smoke every day versus like cigarettes and I'm going to probably lead to cancer. Some people unfortunately will smoke one cigarette and have cancer as well, but more likely uh, that, that compound effect does really make a difference, right? It, with, like if I spend every, Every single day really studying and reading about any craft that I'm in, I'm going to end up becoming a more successful individual in that craft. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I greatly appreciate your time today. Where can people find you? Um, books, pug, promote, everything you got. Sure. Um, number one, I have a book, How You Can Become Successful. You can find that on Amazon. Um, if you want a, a free health evaluation, you can just go to yourfreehealthevaluation.com. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to victordedodge.com. And spell that last name for me. Sure. It's D as in David, E as in Eddie, D as in David, A as in Apple, J as in Jade, and it's Jade. It's spelled backwards. Hey, that's good. I like that. I like that. All righty. Well, I definitely appreciate your time, Victor. And thank you all for tuning in. If you don't mind, just a piece of advice for all of us as we before we go away. Yeah. Take care of your health. Own your health. Don't let other people own your health. Believe in yourself. And number one, you want to be successful, take 100% responsibility for your life. Too many people uh, do not do that. They think other people, other things, other circumstances are responsible. You take 100% responsibility for your life, you'll become more solution-oriented, you'll get a lot more done, and you'll be a lot more successful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 